Hello and welcome to Heart Yoga Radio. So before this podcast begins, we want to make an exciting announcement. We have finally come up with uh, a theme and dates for the live talks that we've been promising you for such a long time now. So Pete's going to be delivering these talks and we're going to be doing it on Sunday afternoons because we feel that that would be a nice quiet time for people to be able to take some time out of the week and engage with the, the topics. So I'm just going to give you the dates. We're going to start on Sunday the 15th of October from 1 till 3 o'clock, that's our time in Britain. And then the 22nd of October, the 29th, then the 5th of November, and then the last one, the 12th of November, it's going to be just a general discussion, questions and, and answers, just to ramble around and the the ideas presented in the talks and you can ask Pete the questions that you, the burning questions, which I'm sure you'll have. So the four talks are all going to be interlocking and interrelated. So we've decided that we're going to present them as a course and charge 20 quid for the the full four, but each one will stand alone. So if you do miss one, uh, don't let that put you off coming to the rest or even the, you know, the, the, the live discussion one, which is the, the fifth, the fifth one at the end. So the theme of this course is going to be the apocalypse and you. So a bit of a humorous title for a serious topic, but many things to say about it. And we hope that everything that's going to be presented in these talks will be of, of great help to you and interest to you on a very personal level, but also in a way which will be useful in how you interact with the world. So self and world, we wanted it to be quite as complete as possible. So we put a lot of thought into this. So I'm going to pass you over to Dr. Yates and he's going to give you an overview of the whole course and then break down week by week what it is that we're going to do. I'm greatly looking forward to doing this with you. Yeah, it's going to be nice to interact with people, isn't it? Yeah. Finally. Yeah. This series of live talks is designed to help you to navigate the apocalyptic tenor of our contemporary world. Or as we say on the street, the way in which everything's going to shit. Rather than presenting a dogmatic or doctrinaire conclusion about what is actually going on, or offering you a self-help panacea for, for your psychological ills, we hope instead to identify and ask the relevant questions. This is the starting point of any inquiry. Find the right question. And from there, we'll move on to suggesting how you yourself might fruitfully engage with those questions. The first talk is entitled The Apocalypse and You, which is also the title of the entire course. And that's where we outline the problem. Uh, the problem has many sub-problems and many aspects, uh, amongst which uh, we'll be considering uh, the question, why are we even talking this way? Is there indeed a looming apocalypse or, or are we the prey to fear-mongering? We also ask... The question of what responses do we actually find in the world, in our universe of discourse, to the the ideas that are being put out that, that, that there are certain sort of doom laden scenarios unfolding. 
ecological collapse and so forth. So what are we being told about that itself by the various media? From there it's, it becomes necessary to ask how such ideas are circulated. How do they get to us? What's going on? Who pays? What's the money set up? What's, what, what, what ideologically is at stake in, in the various games of trying to attract our attention? So how are such ideas circulated? And then also, of necessity, we then have to engage with this other question of how one discerns which stories, if any, are trustworthy or untrustworthy. How do we decide where the trustworthiness of what we're told of a story? And that's a, that is a biggie in this day and age. So that that that's the first. That's what the first talk will cover. All all of those, and then. In, in talk two, we examine the subjective aspects of all this, so-called subjective. In, in other words, we examine the lived experience of people, of individual people, in this situation that we're outlining. And we'll be concentrating there on the so-called negative emotions of anger, fear, hatred, and so on, and on the condition of ignorance. At this point, we introduce the idea of a positive trauma, uh, which is something very intense that happens to you that changes you but changes you in a good way as opposed to giving you PTSD or whatever and uh, we suggest that, the, that these very intense experiences positively traumatising experiences uh, have, a, have a very core role in intense spiritual experience that's the, that's the second talk the third talk we just simply ask Socrates his root question how is life to be lived? And we examine Socrates' contention that an unexamined life is not worth living. Fourth and final talk, we introduce the yoga discipline of letting be with bright awareness. And we relate that discipline to the questions we've engaged with in the previous talks. In other words, from the perspective of, of uh, the discipline and the results of the discipline, how do the questions we've been asking look? What do they look like? How do we entertain them? How do they, how do they register with us, given that we might be entertaining a yogic state of being through this discipline? And then there is, as Anna mentioned, a final session where we'll, we'll engage in general discussion, Q and A, and so forth. But there Something, is going to be a, uh, the last half hour of every uh, yeah. talk. There's going to be like a Q and A session. Yes, then yeah. too. Yeah, there'll so. be a Q and A for each of the four talks, but the, the fifth session will be a much a much more open general general discussion but obviously with the q and a element so that's that's what's going to happen if you want to express an interest now that would be great and we, we would welcome it and your best bet is to email me at my email address which you can find on the podbean heart yoga page which is peteyates.podbean.com uh, you can find the, my email address there uh, but i'm going to say it to you now because it's easy to remember my email address is info at peteyates.uk Info at peteyates, one word, lowercase, no spaces, dot uk Not dot co dot uk, dot uk And please, please get in touch and tell me that you're interested. So in, 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 within the next week... I will uh, have a page, a website page, with 
all the details of this tour, how to pay, how to log in, how to use Zoom if you haven't used it before, and so on. Everything you need will be there, and including a summary of what we're going to cover as well. Oh, and just uh, the reason we haven't put a live link to the to Pete's email is because whenever we do that, Pete's like drowns in spam, yeah. don't you? So yeah. uh, that's that's the reason that uh, we haven't just put like a, a, oh, yeah. a live link to your email address yeah, in yeah. the the right up yeah. underneath this podcast. Anyway, folks. I hope that sounds interesting to everybody. It took us quite a long time to come up with that, so I think it will be a true work of art. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I hope you're all well, and on with the podcast. Hello, welcome to Heart Yoga Radio. So a little bit of uh, interesting time, since we haven't visited this realm for a little while, as we have been off having more pleasant adventures with Lao Tzu recently. What we haven't done in interesting times in ages... (laughs) <laughs> partly because we just can't bring ourselves to like to think about it like too much because it's just shit man it's just shit but um just something that uh, was came into my sphere of attention the other day was um how the uh, the woke wars are evolving <laughs> and uh, it's, uh pete was um on twitter and he was he was telling me about uh, somebody who was talking about uh, a double page spread in one of the newspapers i can't remember what it was just one of the one of the the trashy tory supporting kind of like pieces of shit that we hate sheet <laughs> yeah the hate the hate fueled papers um and it was just this list of of the woke people that we have to hate now and with that, I thought, wow, because like I haven't, I've been busy with other things. So like keeping up with like all the kind of the, uh, the the current affairs has been a bit a bit too much to to for me to be uh, looking at every day. So I haven't really been keeping up with the culture wars. And uh, it seemed to me from the last time I visited the uh, where woke was at, it was. You know, it was definitely there, mm. and it was a useful term for anyone that, like the Daily Mail and the, you know the mm. others of its ilk, don't mm. like, of mm. course. And and of course, the uh, we we re- revisited the very famous <laughs> uh, moment in Parliament where Suella Braverman stands up and says, "The Guardian reading tofu eating wokerati." are ruining the world and yeah. that we should hate them and yeah. Labour are all yeah. woke and the Lib Dems are all woke and they're the anti-growth coalition. It was just, yeah. it was fucking hilarious to go Thank back you. and just like to watch us stand seriously with a straight face, stand up in Parliament and say these things. Yeah. Um, she also called it the Coalition of Chaos. Co- she got all of them in, one, yeah, in yeah. about a three-minute a three-minute diatribe uh, in which the woman was clearly in some kind of <laughs> state of uh, psychic melt, melt, <laughs> you know, yeah. very scary shit. Oh, she managed to get all of those in. Coalition of Chaos, yeah. um, Anti-Growth Coalition, Wokerati, Tofu mm. Eating, Guardian Reading, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> you know, and, it, it, oh, and yeah. it, it's kind of kind of hilarious but she was kind of steamed up yeah i i, I mean in, in my opinion she's one of these people we, we were talking about when when we were discussing late so talking about the the disciples of death you know rigid people yeah. disciples of death and 
I have my doubts as to whether we should pathologise politicians, but in this case, I would say that really there's, there is a really nasty uh, and infectious pathology going on there, you know. Yeah. I mean, and I was, don't know how was, else to kind of addre it ad address it awful. other than to yeah. understand it as propaganda. Yeah. But at the as same it. time, I was like, I, I had to, I watched it two or three times and I was laughing so hard, the tears were streaming down my face. Oh no, <laughs> it's, it's kind of hilarious. It's it kind of hilarious. It's, I well, mean, I don't know if spitting, spitting image is still going, well, but if, if, if they're mm. not, they should resurrect themselves because like the uh, the comedy value of what's going on at the moment is pure yeah. gold. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but that, that kind of thing is ultimately, it, it comes down to the one big strategy that, that the powers that be, the establishment, the oligarchs, uh, the capitalists, whoever you want to you want to call them, it's it's their chief their, ch their chief weapon really is divide and rule. Otherwise the mob or the working class or the people, whatever you want to call them again, will will come and will will they'll get unruly and you'll be deposed, you know, and you you might not come away with your your life, as happens, you know, I'm not trying to be threatening or anything like that. I'm very non-violent. But I'm saying, historically, this is what occurs. Yeah. If, 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 if the people are able to act as one, you better watch out. Then that's the lesson of 1789 and 1917 and one or two other dates I could kind of drop out. So I'm talking about historical stuff here. And this is well known. I mean, nobody studies the dynamics which will be required in society for the, the powerful to remain powerful. And one of them is that the, the people, the mob, I mean, I quite like that term, mob, you know. I'm sorry if it's politically incorrect, but uh, have to be set against each other, get them to fight each other then they won't form the single focus uh, which would overwhelm you right? so so this is part of that and so so bear in mind that these people that they, they, they control the political system the electoral system in the sense that just simply it's first past the past two parties that that is enough to, to if that can keep that in place that that remains quite more or less under control yeah, the, the the monetary system, of course, uh, the, you know the the meta information which is money, if controlled, which every 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 state with its own sovereign currency puts a lot of work into controlling its currency, because that controls the whole. You know, you see today like the bank of the bank of England putting up interest rates, and that is to, that is to stop you from spending your money, or borrowing money to spend using your credit rating to spend because they, they want to cool the economy by pushing it towards the edge of recession, you know, where the economic activity settles down. Then they're trying to manipulate it with some very, very crude in instruments. It's um, the control of the money system, the control of the banking system, control of political, but also control of all the other information, which is the globally billionaire-owned press. Their job is to actually keep this divide and rule going, basically. And they've got one or two other tricks, but that is the main one. So you you, you launch these phony, phony culture wars. Yeah, and it doesn't really matter, like, like who who they 
decide that we're going to hate it could be anyone i mean the point yeah. is it's just hating someone or a certain group even yeah. if really i mean the woke thing is it's like an imagined group it's not it's like it's literally an imaginary group of people i mean i know it is actually real that people do eat tofu and we eat tofu most days uh so yes there's that that is yeah. real but but it's like you can put anyone on the woke karate list and mm. get you know oh this person's a bit woke oh they're wearing a, a slightly hippie shirt uh, or, or their their hair's a bit longer like than mine yeah. as so i will put them on the woke karate list yeah. because it'd be really convenient if everyone would yeah. hate this person for some reason yeah i think she didn't quite get it right because including guardian readers in that i mean that really the guardian you know is is a part of the fascist right wing uh, yeah. press yeah. whilst pretending it, it's, it's the most insidious at least with the mail on sunday printing a list of people instructing the the the, the their readers that this is a list of the people that it's safe for you to hate. Please hate them. And it's a double page spread, small print, lists of names, Ken yeah. Loach, Jeremy Corbyn, you know. Yeah, I mean, this really um, seemed like a step up. I mean, actual, like, yeah. two-page two list of people yeah. to hate now. That yeah. seemed like the spiral had gone up yeah. another notch there. Yeah, but I don't know about Guardian readers. Maybe they still mean well, but some of the Guardian journalists are utter, utter arseholes yeah. whilst pretending that they're kind of right on. And I think that's more despicable than just just being like if you if you hate just be upfront with it you know just I say with the Daily Mail you know what you're getting yeah. it's just they're designed to incite hatred yeah and also I think I think in a way the the, the woke thing I think really it kind of happened by accident and the way that it's evolved has been quite quite organic but now that they've latched onto it. Mm. Uh, they might be realising that this is it's quite a convenient thing because they can't mm. really be said to uh, be um, uh, breaking the law of inciting uh, you know racial hatred yeah. right yeah. Um, or hatred against a particularly vulnerable group of people because on yeah. this list there's like you know uh, people from all parts of society you know rich people not rich yeah. people um, so they they're kind of they. It's, it's a convenient thing because they they can't be criticised for quite yeah. the same way as if they were trying to just demonise, say, a particular yeah. uh, like 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 disabled yeah. people or 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 you know an ethnic group. Yeah. yeah, well, it's basically the Swiss Army knife of dividing real propaganda. It's yeah. like anything that's almost. Good, that's it's almost anything yeah. you want you want it to be. Yeah. Now it's a very interesting. Uh, I would think if if you kind of delve into the etymology of the term a little bit and, and think about. When's the first time you heard that? And all the, have, have this little, little bit of a, a fun inquiry into the word itself. You know, you you you, can't, you, you start you start seeing that the mentality underneath this pro, this deliberate propagation of of hatred for reasons of divide and rule, which are all to do with the power politics of the the already rich and powerful keeping the, their wealth and their power and in fact increasing it. It's all part of that game. You realise that it, 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 it again. It, 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 it's it's the death instinct, you know. It, it's it's the it's the the nasty weaponisation of the death instinct, you know. In a, or in Lao term, you know, they, it's these rigid people are the disciples of death. I think this becomes clear if we tease, tease out the word itself. We tease out the etymology of the word, and it's it's fate in in the great swirling of discourse. And from what I understand, the first it was it was used originally to 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 by a group to de, to, to denote itself. 
you know, and it was people who who, who were aware to of, of the, the discrimination in society, you know, which uh, based on race, gender, ethnicity, sexual orientation. So, so people describe themselves as woke, going back ten, maybe twenty years. As self-identifying to a group of people who, who, who are aware and sensitive to the way these discriminations play out in society, and indeed in in their uh, their role in divide and rule and the discipleship of death that that entails, the actual pathology underneath all that. It comes from the idea of someone who has woke up. That's right. Yeah, they are you've woke, awake. That's yeah, that's yeah. that's where that yeah. So, comes so, from. so you've yeah. you've woke up to the. To, to the ways that you're being completely manipulated and fucked over. To the way you, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, so, no, the powers that be obviously got to challenge that idea because it, it exposes... I don't want you to know, folks. It exposes their basic, most fundamental strategy, which is the, the, the divide and rule, you know. And I suspect that there's... there's the, the idea has got a very... Long pedigree, actually. I mean, certainly it it, it come out of the US. It was U, U, US uh, black uh, um, terminology for for identifying this 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 group of people to themselves who had come to this awareness. It was part of their self self identification. But I suspect the the idea goes back to the, the the notion way back at the beginning of the the, the jazz era, and then when you get in the when jazz was becoming a bit something of a counterculture as it as it moved through to the uh, in, in, into the you know well into the twentieth century, and the word was hip. I mean, we now got the word hipster, which is which denotes some kind of cross between a hippie and a, and, and, and a gladiatorial capitalist or hedge fund manager, you know, so, and, and, and generally a, a derisory notion. But, but in the, the days hip meant it, it, was, it was an African word that had come over with slavery, you know, and a few words survived for, from the African languages of the original slaves. I mean, basically... To crush the slaves and discipline the slaves, it was you, you took their language away from them. Second generations weren't speaking the the, the, the languages that they that, that they had spoken in Africa when they were captured and taken to the Americas to do slavery. But some words and some terms and some locutions and some rhythms and some little items of music and memory retained, and hip was one of them. And I think I don't yoru, but I don't know what language it was. And off the top of my head, I can't, I can't remember what language it is, but hip means with with eyes wide open. Uh, so it means woke, yeah. basically. But, but but coming back to the concept and giving it the woke, okay, it gives you a fresh start with the concept as a group. Yet it's the same. It, it's the same fundamental concept of opening your eyes to what's going on around you, base what you think and feel about things on observation, if you can inquire rather than just being told and accepting the dogma of this or that. Yeah. You know, and, 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 any, and any self-aware person's going to do that. That's the best use for your precious human life. If, you have the, if you've got the wriggle room, if you've got any wriggle room whatsoever, the first thing is open your eyes. Yeah. Of course, we have to recognise that not everybody has, is even given wriggle room in this terrible planet of ours. 
But you've got the wriggle room, open your eyes. It's, it's my advice. It's the meditation. Open your eyes, full stop. Just open them wide. I mean, and then the, 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 the next, next thing was the hippies who were like white kids, mostly, and they were, they were, they were, they were and they used to say it was white middle class, actually. The hippies that I knew were from everywhere, every, every class and every, from every, and, and, and from a whole range of ethnic origins, you know, it's a very, very broad church, actually. But the basic thing there, again, was it retained the, the word hip, modified it a bit, but it's exactly the same meaning. With eyes wide open, and of course for the hippies it was always well. It was t- they, they just got this this new this new thing LSD, you know. <laughs> actually, been around since the forties LSD, yeah. believe it or not. But that, because that opens your eyes if you're lucky. If you're not very lucky, it, it rams them tight shut, you know. But mostly it, it kind of forces them open, <laughs> you know. And, and they loved all that, and they called themselves hippies because they again I, th- I think. For all the, there was a lot of half-baked stuff in hippie, but there was at the core of it, there was a lot of wide open. Suddenly, across a, a big mass of people, they, their eyes did did open. They opened to, to you know, to, to in in the US particularly racial injustice. They were completely alert to all that, and they were they were alert to capitalism, pretty well. War. War. Well, all 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 of these things suddenly be, suddenly became clear to whole generations. But primarily, what they became was that they were just they'd just been told lies by their elders, their betters, their teachers, their professors, their mentors. They'd actually been lied to about the nature of society and the nature of the world and the nature of the American hegemon. Yeah. And obviously, there were similar and parallel things happened in in other sort of what you might call well they were called in those days first world countries like rich countries hippie and then the woke thing I can remember somebody a friend of mine going back maybe five six seven years more than that ten years something and uh, this person had got, got a job in a secondary school doing some kind of something art some you know like a contractor going to do an art project or some sort of self-awareness for teenage girls I don't know what the, the hell it was I don't remember but I can remember remember she saying to me one of the one of the kids one of the the, the young women in the school 16 had said oh oh miss you're really woke <laughs> but it was a compliment oh, right, yeah. it was a compliment yeah yeah so yeah right yeah so the word was it come across the Atlantic and and as it will as everything does and then it starts circulating. People are picking up the idea, well, you can actually have your eyes open to what's going on. And this is a good thing. Mm-hmm. So, again, if you've got your eyes open to what's going on, you're going to realise very, very early on what the Daily Mail's up to with hate lists. You know, what, what Suella Braverman is up to in Parliament, in Parliament, yeah, yeah. with uh, such a display of a, a necrophiliac pathology. And the terror there is that these people are in charge. They've got the levers. They've got hands on the levers of power. They can mess with the economy at its most basic levels. They can... Privatise the NHS so none of us can afford healthcare anymore. Yeah, they can condemn us all to fucking die in the gutter of, of perfectly treatable diseases. Yeah. And they've got their finger on the button Yeah. of weapons... In, in in the British case, hundreds of weapons, each of which can can destroy a city. 
They say, oh, we only got a small nuclear force in, in the UK, which compared with America and Russia it is. But you look what they've got on those submarines. I forget how it works, but one of those rockets that comes out of the submarine, it ain't got one warhead on. It's got multiple warheads. And I think when they get up there, they split as well. So you can, with one rocket from one submarine, you can destroy, I don't know what, a dozen cities, one rocket, one missile. And because it shoots off so many, you have like, no and chance of like shooting them down or de getting, you know, anything nah, like that. No. Nah. Well, well, actually, like, that kind of stuff was, was banned, you know, and they would get through. Yeah, they would, yeah. And there were treaties about like saying, well, let's stop escalating this because it's bankrupting it. It's completely destroying our economies, yeah. putting all of our wealth into weapons. That can all I can do is just wipe wipe out cities, you know. Why uh, and so, so they did get together. Reagan, for all of his horrible right wing nonsense, him, him and Gorbachev did actually get some stuff in motion, start and all that. Of course, Trump withdrew from all of it, you know, and and because they were coming to maturity. God bless that wonderful the, man. The mature the, the the treaties were coming to maturity. Right, and needed to be renegotiated, but of course it, it just it's then all just collapsed into into a not very cold cold war again. Yeah. So you know, this this is what you need to be awake to. And of course these you also you also need to be awake to the fact that our government is completely in the service of the, the big of the big oil industries, as has been exemplified by Rishi Sunak's granting of hundreds and hundreds of licences to get the stuff out the ground in the North Sea. People kept saying, well, in the short term, we need it. It's all bollocks. I mean, the fundamental thing you need to understand about that, this is where you need to open your eyes, is if it's in the ground, it cannot be burned. Yeah. If it's taken out the ground, it will be burned. Yeah. So that's CO2 that... that you will have as opposed to CO2 that you won't have at a time when it's necessary not to have any more or as little as possible. In fact, to stop putting it down to zero as near as you can. So it's, everything that they've said about that is horseshit. It's horseshit. But to say that is woke because you only perceive it if your eyes are yeah. open. So this is the other lot they've got to divide and rule against, which of yeah. course they're doing. They're paying big propaganda Big propaganda against any kind of direct direct action over what is really a matter that should be dealt with by bloody a war footing, similar to World War Two. You know, global war communism. We might get it. You know, for ten years that'll sort it out. Or even five years. But no, you know, it's it's, it's uh, and and to stop this idea. From gaining any traction, you d you divide and rule there as well. So stop all the terrorists. Some and so you'll get somebody. You'll get an outlier to say it, and then you let it trickle into the mind. The techniques are very very subtle, actually. Mm. I mean, if you think about what this, what what function has Nigel Farage performed in British politics? He's never won a parliamentary seat. Seven times. I don't know how many times. Seven times he stood for Parliament. Got beaten by a dolphin, you know, <laughs> by a guy yeah. dressed as a dolphin. Yeah. Got seven votes. I don't know. Yeah. And got in the European Parliament when he was a nuisance. But what is his function? Well, his function is to is to articulate what is what is not quite respectable, so that it become a talking point on the edge of the Tory right, mm. 
and then can filter into the mainstream. That's it. That's his job. He doesn't just by making a lot of noise and getting the attention. He can drag the whole Tory party to the right without being a member of the Tory party. So what he can get like an outlier in the Tory party, one of their self uh, acknowledged lunatics to say something unacceptable. But then that by that way, it can then become acceptable. And that, that's how they say, just stop oil the terrorists rather than completely pacific um, protesters, you know, and, and civil disobedience. It is civil disobedience. It's civil disobedience, but nothing's going to happen without it now. No, so, so all of this, all of this means, all of this means uh, uh, that the, 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 the divide and rule rhetoric is just going to be ramped up and ramped up and ramped up. And that's where you that's where you really need your Swiss Army knife. A tofu eating wokarati. <laughs> well that's definitely me, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know. Okay, so a little just a little bit of a uh, splash into the current affairs of the uh great hordes of evil which are <laughs> roaming the uh the yeah. halls of Westminster and um yeah all over the world yeah. may they uh, may they one day be swept away well in William Morris's uh, Utopia News from Nowhere 19th century Utopia he um, in, in, in that scenario the Houses of Parliament have been turned into a store for dung <laughs> which is about what it should be used for yeah yeah well it's kind of being used for that now really in a, in it a way is, it? Yeah, it, it is it <laughs> yeah. is it is Okay, folks, I hope you're all well, and we will speak to you again soon.